0: Brandon. Hey, Alan. And welcome to Dice Over Everything, a miniature games podcast. Mm -hmm. So can you guess what's in my pocket? Um, If I do, I think I will be an advantage in this conversation. Oh, okay. It is nothing.
1: Oh, you win. Cause I'm wearing painting clothes that have holes in the pockets. So they can't hold anything anywhere. That's right,
0: leveled. Yeah. next leveled. Wow. I'm really good at this conversation. I think uh, that means I will be able to lead this conversation mm-hmm. and because uh, our conversation today is about hidden information in gaming. Yep. So
1: I think this even almost ties into our talks about like trying to model reality in the games. Cause if I showed up with something in my pocket, to a battle huh. and you didn't know what it was you know you might be at a bit of a disadvantage depending on what, on what it paint, is so you didn't have a good guess yeah but, you know we yeah,
0: depending but, on what it is if you pull out um i don't know a carrot it's not gonna help much
1: i could lure your horse away who knows we, we haven't talked about the game mechanics in the era
0: anyway yeah that's true it all interlaps. yep so yeah. I think when I, I think about hidden information, um, this is something that has, depending on the game, you either you can have a varying level of this. Um, when we look yeah. at the the two, I don't know, two of the dip, the biggest extremes in terms of games overall, you kind of think of chess, where everything is you know discrete and there's not even randomness, so there's not even like. Uh, like nothing is hidden, not even like what would happen if you were to move your unit there. No, only only your game plan,
1: <laughs> that's all. Only what's in your own mind. And
0: then the other end is uh, poker, right? Mm-hmm. Where a lot of the game, depending on the type of, of game you play, is you don't even know what your opponent has and you're making moves with almost no information Or very little information on what the actual state is until it's resolved.
1: Yeah, and you don't even necessarily know what your own hand is going to be. It just keeps.
0: So yeah, so I think when we look at translating to that into games, um, you know, most miniature games or or tabletop games uh, have a random element to try to simulate this kind of hidden information, right? Mm-hmm. So it's not exactly discrete like chess. No However- the outcome's not fully guaranteed. Yeah, so then there is some sort of, un, I guess not, not, not a limited ability to see exactly what will happen in the future or what this future state will, will be, even if you make a certain number of moves. However, the other side is the hidden information uh, of not actually knowing what your opponent has or does is can do is for most miniature games is actually a missing component. It's it's not heavily used in miniature gaming.
1: No, when you think of some of the biggest miniature games out there, like you go to 40K, yeah, the troops, you put your troops on the board and those are the troops you got cool. and you fight with them. We can get back to that a bit cuz there is a little bit Of unknown going on at some points and depending on the addition but for the most part what you see is what you get in 40k
0: yep and you know and you look at your opponent and you know what they have and so unlike in poker where you have a hand of cards and you never show your opponent the cards until you effectively use those cards right Mm -hmm. in fact most card games act like this where you have hidden information in your hand And this is something that where you have some sort of information that uh, your opponent doesn't have. So it's asymmetric information. So in the current version of 40k, mm -hmm. uh, in other versions of
1: 40k, I believe you just know what your opponent's list is and you've got one. But in the current edition, have they moved to two list format?
0: Nope.
1: Nope. So I'm just thinking War Machine then, which was big, really big a few years ago, where... Mm -hmm. What It's mostly plays like 40k where you put your armies on the board and you fight, but mm-hmm. at least before the game, there's sort of the unknown that you know what army your opponent's playing and you show them your two lists, but there's still the unknown, which list are they going to take. So
0: Yeah, so even though that the actual, once the game starts proper... Uh, all the information is on the table. There's no hidden information. There's no asymmetric information once the game starts. Right before you start the game, there is a hidden information on what your opponent will be bringing to the game. Yeah, and at
1: that point, you've got to decide, okay, which of my two lists am I going to bring?
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Thinking about what they might bring. So
0: mm-hmm. that. Yeah, and actually, when you think about it in general, uh, if you were to generalize it to tournaments, Whenever you go to a tournament, there is some sort of hidden information whenever you go to a tournament, well most tournaments because um, you don't know what everyone is going to bring to the tournament and usually you have let's say one list and you're trying to build a list with the uh, anticipation of what you'll be facing on that day on the tournament
1: yeah right this is a
0: table. list building kind of thing, yeah
1: and who knows what the tables will be like too so.
0: Yep. You don't know exactly what the tables would be like. You don't know what the armies, what those armies are going to bring. And so that in and of itself is uh, hidden information that you basically have to, to that you play before the actual game day proper, right? Where you build your list, you compose it, you kind of figure out what, what kind of list you want to bring, right? I think um, that is, a I guess, common. And it's a very interesting kind of um, idea that, um, makes the list building very, very fun, a very fun part of the game.
1: Yeah, because if you know the meta or you know the people showing up, like you might even be able to solve a little bit of that hidden, hidden information because often hidden stuff, <clears throat> there's some, you have a bit of a guess at what it is. It's not 100% random, the sort of information we're talking about. It's something your opponents are basically planning and you're trying to take your best guess at it. So if you know like the people who are going to show up in the tournament, like, oh, I know one of the top players is going to have this type of army, if I want to do really yeah. well, I to have to bring. They in. love
0: using, they love using orcs, or they love using uh, goblins.
1: Yeah, they, they love their mass army. So I'm gonna to have to bring an answer to that. Mm-hmm. Or you know, their tables. They're like, oh, if they're if they're playing like a 12 person tournament, that's really gonna stretch their terrain. So there's gonna be less terrain. But you're just guessing that people don't show up with like extra tables of terrain. So you know, it's that it's a guessing game element that makes it fun.
0: Yeah, and so when you think about like when you're building a list, right? What kind of enjoyment you're getting out is basically that puzzling out that you get from a hidden mechanic game. You're trying to solve a problem with incomplete information, right? Whereas when you get to the table, you know everything out there. It's almost like, it's different. You're trying to solve a puzzle, right? You're less playing your, in in many ways it becomes less about uh, playing the player and more about playing the game at that point, right? Although, of course, you know, the moves of your opponent are the player, right, but you're not trying to um, next level them, you're not trying to outthink them, you're, you don't, you, in some ways you want to predict what, what move they will do, but um, the level of information you have is complete, right, so it's a lot of it is just puzzling out, just go through the decision trees and figure out which one is optimal and which one your opponent is likely to take.
1: Yeah, and I guess the less and less unknowns there are, the more it just becomes a method of like target prioritization. You're like, oh, this will be bad for me if this destroys this unit, so i got to take this out first.
0: Tactical. Yeah, Yeah. like like chess, right? Of course, the better player is going to win in chess, and there's lots of thinking, right? And there's lots of, you could say, tricking your opponent and next leveling, but it's all out there. It's not like you can't stare at your opponent and then figure out if they're bluffing or not, Mm -hmm. right? Because there's no bluffing. Because you can see everything. Yep. So, which is cool though, right? Like that's that when you think about, you know, a tournament uh, game, right? Let's say um, 40K or Age of Sigmar or or these other ones where there's no hidden information once you start the game. Um, The ability to... Uh, bring a skew and win is kind of like you just next level to your opponents, right? You're like, oh, I think everyone is planning for mass battle guys. And so they're all bringing units that can deal with lots and lots of guys. Well, I'm going to do the opposite. I'm going to build the best uh, army that doesn't have lots of guys. So it invalidates all of this tech they're taking. And even though my army is is weaker into a, a generalist army, it's going to be advantaged to all of what everyone else is bringing. That's the kind of next leveling, uh, kind of thinking and idea that you get from hidden information kind of At the games list or straight. gameplay. And if you ever ha- have spent like hours upon hours trying to build your list, right? And trying to say, oh, how am I going to like, maybe I can bring this tricky thing where people aren't expecting, right? you are getting the joy out, out of hidden information gameplay. Mm-hmm. Even at the very
1: simple level of just not knowing your opponent's list.
0: Yeah. Until you, you, you end up at the table. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, so then you take it, like you were saying to the next level with war machine with two lists, right? Now you have, uh, now you're staring at your opponent, right? You figure you've seen this information. It's like poker. When you play uh, uh, Texas Hold'em, you have this information all laid out and now you can stare at your opponent and and try to figure out which of these two lists they're going to bring and which of your two lists you're going to bring. And mm-hmm. you're basically trying to figure out which one they th- they think is better for them to bring and bring the whichever list is better for that one. So it becomes like a game theory kind of idea, right? Because yep. you can be ended up in a situation where you're like, my list A is better or is advantaged against your list A. But your list A is an advantage against my list B. But my list B is an advantage against your list B, and your list B is an advantage against my list A. I should have used all different letters. But <laughs> you get the idea. you got almost going to have a game of chicken at that point. Yep, basically.
1: You're trying to next level your opponent through that.
0: So. And if you're able to figure out which of those lists your opponent brings, you will be at an added advantage yeah. right at the time. So I guess the next
1: next possible like time during a game where hidden stuff can happen is that some games you deploy part of your army, but not another part, and maybe you don't have to tell your opponent what your army list is. So like yes. reinforcements, like flanking troops maybe even, that come on later yep. in the game. So some editions of 40k and/or some mission types include that.
0: Nope.
1: Nope.
0: Really? They, you, was... you, you you never you always tell them what your army has.
1: Oh, uh, it's unfortunate.
0: <laughs> so you give them your army list. So so kind of they could, but the rule is they should know everything that you brought to the game. Okay. So they they could do that. Here's the thing: simply by saying if you have any reinforcements and you keep anyone in reinforcements, you don't have to tell your opponent. Mm -hmm. what those reinforcements are, or their flanking units, that changes the way the game plays as well, right? And in some ways, that's more realistic than knowing exactly what your opponent has. Yeah, especially when it's not your frontline troops. They can survey your frontline, but if there's something in the back or something's coming from the side that they aren't able to intercept because they don't know it's there. Or teleport in like Terminators. The entire idea of Terminators is that they teleport in. It's supposed to be an element of surprise. Why why can they up in your spaceship like that makes no sense <laughs> yeah how do they know that the terminators not weren't deployed to another engagement they
1: mm-hmm. don't know
0: until they actually show up Yeah, so they,
1: you know what the elder are gonna dark elder are gonna send through their gates
0: like yeah so i i think that is like a great way like if you're thinking if you're playing 40k mm-hmm. if and you're listening to this podcast put that into your game literally for any of the reinforcements or drop troops it'll make them stronger for sure mm-hmm. But put that into your game. Maybe only, I don't know, I don't know how you balance it. Give the other person 100 more points or something like that. Or, or whenever you take it, you have to you, you pay an extra certain points, right? But literally don't tell them what is on the, the hidden thing. And you will see how the game plays out. It will be so much more interesting and exciting because now you have hidden information that you're trying to, to bait your opponent to make a mistake where you can capitalize on that
1: yeah oh well another missed opportunity the 40k could have improved the game with it we we've already gotten to
0: yeah um that many games so so let's just uh i, I will mention a game besides the game that we're all thinking about in terms of like the king of hidden information mm-hmm. let's not mention that name until we get to specifically it because we know so, every single type of hidden thing in that game so we're just not going to say it yeah because it's, it's yeah. amazing But there is a game uh, called uh, Chain of Command by Two Fat Lardies. I haven't played this, but I I found it really interesting having read up about it and uh, during the quarantine. So I haven't actually gone to play it. This is a uh, World War II uh, game set. And it's really interesting specifically because of this reason of not knowing what your opponent brings. So when you set up, you don't set up with your units. So normally when you play like a game of 40K, you take like 20 minutes, just putting all your guys on the table. Right. Well, in two fat Lardy's chain of command, instead you put down tokens, right. And the tokens represent a unit. So they're hidden, right until you get within basically line of sight or range of an opponent. And then you have, you reveal it and you place the actual unit, whatever that token is so that each token represents a unit right onto the table. So basically you don't know what the opponent is doing or even how they're or what what units are maneuvering on the board until you engage the enemy. Yeah, cuz how do you know what gun they have? Like maybe
1: they have a machine gunner but they're just carrying it on their back. Yeah. And don't
0: see it. <clears throat> yeah, you know maybe something's moving, you hear whatever steps, but yeah, exactly. Is it a machine gunner? Is it is it I don't know, veteran guys? Is it is you don't they- you don't know until you actually can can a beat on it right which i think is a very flavorful mechanic and also very um, interesting and a, a way to play and also it stops it. it allows you to get into the game without having to take that 10 minutes to put all your miniatures on the table which i think is very cool all those things great mechanic yep <clears throat> well
1: good games should have things like that i think it comes down to as well the more troops you have on the board like the more you just have to know what they are because otherwise it takes too much time to resolve all these things. So in a mass game, like having all these hidden things becomes more of an issue, like down to the troop level. At the list level, it works fine. The reinforcement level works fine, but down to the individual troop level, if you've got like 100 to 150 guys on the board, those mechanics don't work out so well, but when you get down to a skirmish game, you can start having. It's more just too hard to keep
0: track of. You're yes, saying
1: the bookkeeping element okay. becomes too difficult.
0: <clears throat> yeah, yeah. To the uh, the two fat lardies chain of command uh, is uh, is like a skirmish game, right? Because you think about the scale of World War Two, where they're fighting, if they're fighting over a town or whatever, you're not going to have in terms of like a, a 28 millimeter, right? How many people are going to be on that board? it doesn't make sense to have it be mass battles, right? The scale just doesn't work for World War II for, unless you, you're playing over your entire house, mm-hmm. <laughs> on the floor of your entire house, laid out everywhere. Then maybe you could do it. Yep. It's like in the old days when you, if you were like, uh, what's that guy, H.G. Wells, he played in his backyard. Okay. So the entire floor could be like the entire battle.
1: I just, I just can't imagine them having good figures at that point, but anyways.
0: Oh uh, yeah, they're probably terrible, either tin or lead. And, and just dipped.
1: Of course, they're probably just dipped for painting.
0: <clears throat> uh, I don't know. Maybe he, he, they would have used uh, enamels, right? Enamel paints? Maybe it'd be fine. I don't
1: know. Yep,
0: you, Testers,
1: precursors. So you were All talking right. about miniatures that you don't necessarily see on the board. I think one of the other things you might not see on the board that i was talking about what's in my pocket first is the people's equipment so that kind of comes down down to what troop it is but some games you can entirely have well, i'm trying to think of which one to name but the equipment on the troops may be an uh-huh. as well and it gets revealed later <clears throat> mm-hmm. can you think of a yep. good
0: example of that one because usually you think
1: the games i think of
0: without, without mentioning the, the game uh, has the, the best game about hidden mechanics the game that has everything Um well no even that you know, one that, that's more of a loadout issue rather than a
1: buying extra equipment for them um, the yeah unknown.
0: I guess maybe this is just something that's not necessarily as common right
1: just Because having maybe,
0: a, something in your pocket
1: because we talk about Frostgrave a lot and Frostgrave guys get can be upgraded with most guys can take one piece of equipment but you're supposed to tell your opponent what it is yeah it's ask. all
0: open information yeah um I think in some ways uh, y- there is um, not exactly items, but abilities. So if you if you look at uh, a song of bison fire or song, mm-hmm. uh, the miniature's game, you have a card deck, right? Yeah, that's right. The card deck, deck is secret, but it's it's in some sure. ways it models special things your opponent your your units can do right and your your opponent doesn't know you know the special things your units can do even though they know every single unit that's on the on the uh on the board they don't know the capabilities of those units because those cards can allow you let's say your um your cavalry to move twice or to flank or or your, your guys to hit extra hard right and you can think if, if you're trying to be fluffy as opposed to just like game mechanics wise you could think well why can they hit extra hard because the opponent doesn't know that the weapons they're carrying are like premium you know super steel weapons or or the cavalry they don't know that those those horses are actually like well-rested and and, and they can move more and, and whatever they're much more well-rested than they, they and faster or whatever right so that's if you try and mechanically the how you would model like um Equipment on a unit is how they end, end up modeling it,
1: right? Yeah, but Even not, if they don't
0: actually yeah. say, you know, this is the, the reason why this horse can move twice is because these are like super nice horses.
1: Mm-hmm. But you're not forced to fix the piece of equipment to a troop before the game, which yeah. probably makes the game flow better. Like if you've got to do all that bookkeeping during deployment, there is like a time. There's a time delay to do all that stuff.
0: Yeah, I, I, I like the idea of of these hidden abilities and
1: mechanics. Yeah, it gives you less Um, options later. Like if you want to come up with interesting plans later in the battle, if you can allocate the cards to whatever troop you want later, it lets you be more creative with your planning later on. Yeah,
0: and it also, I think, models, um, you know, like you said, right, not knowing, the, although maybe not the equipment, the capabilities... The exact capabilities of of the enemy, right? You see, you're like, oh yeah, I know these guys are cavalry. I know generally what they do, but I wonder if these guys are actually the fast cavalry or the veterans with you know who are expert fighters or something like that. Or it adds this uh, again asymmetric information that makes you have to guess and uh, what what your actual opponent has, right? Mm-hmm. right and then again if you can guess correctly you're at an advantage right and if your opponent guesses incorrectly you're at an even greater adv- advantage right not only let's say your, your 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 horses can move twice but your opponent doesn't expect it then you can like spring that trap right you can do the ha 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 you have you have activated my trap card right mm-hmm. um and I, I i like the card mechanic of doing it it's a nice clean way of of um you know, having that hidden information and a subset of hidden information so you don't have like a billion uh, different options that you just have to keep track of right it's just whatever's in your hand yep i guess one <clears throat> one of the games that
1: sort of does something interesting with un- unknown information is mm-hmm. actually x-wing that i want to bring up that a lot of games don't do is an x-wing okay. your movement is basically unknown to your opponent so that most games, <clears throat> you move a piece, they move a piece, or you move your whole army, they move their army. So you, your opponent yeah. always knows where your piece is going to be. X-Wing, I guess because it fits down to that very small number of miniatures games, you can have mm-hmm. more unknowns going on. And In that game, Like the movement's just unknown for where your yeah. opponent's piece is going to be when you want to go and shoot it. Which is yeah, very so cool. so basically...
0: Fine. Yeah, it's, it's actually the coolest part of that game. And and honestly, what makes that game so great? And I think that game is truly great. The base game, not all the stupid rules that they add on top. The base system is truly great. And I heard that it's just taken from another game, but, you know, all, all good designers steal, right? Okay. So, yeah, so that idea of everyone having to decide how they're going to move their units all at the same time without uh, knowing what the opponent does, again, adds that next level element, adds that outthinking your opponent, and adds that hidden information that you don't know, right? Even though technically I guess you're all doing it at the time, you don't know what your opponent, because you're doing it simultaneously, you don't know what your opponent chose in terms of their movement.
1: Yeah, like in that game you've got upgrade cards too, and they could have made it so the upgrades are all hidden on the ships until they're used, but in, they choose to have them all revealed. So you know what missiles are in the ship. You know if they've got special pilots up front. Yeah. They, they totally could have made that unknown. And you just, mm-hmm. you got to like.
0: Well, well so the, like the thing nuts. is, there's a balancing mechanic, right? Because again, if you think about it, I think when you think about, let's say, poker and Texas Hold'em, right? There's a reason why Texas Hold'em is more popular nowadays than traditional poker. It's, or or what do you call it? Five card stud uh, or seven card, whatever. Any, the non-Texas Hold'em, right? It's because you have uh, a whole, but you have more hidden information, uh, you have more revealed information so that uh, you can make informed information. And it's not just about staring at your opponent, right? It basically grounds what, in, in fact, it makes it more tactical and makes it the ability to bluff in many ways better. Because it grounds the lie, right? Or it grounds the next leveling. If you have no information about your opponent, what are you going to read into their face? Right? Mm-hmm. They, well they have well. to basically say, I have these things, right? To allow you to, to bluff. But if they if they say nothing, you're effectively fighting against something more random, right? Yeah. And of course you could say it's based on how much money they put in, but literally you you have to like check the scale, right? And it becomes a lot harder to um, ground the thinking or the actions that your opponent is doing, right? Without having that information there. So the same way to make that hidden information important as opposed to just making your decisions almost random, you need to have a certain amount of inf- information about what your opponent can do so that you can do the next leveling, right? If your opponent doesn't even know what you can do, there's no point in tricking them because they didn't even know you could do the things that you were, you, you're totally capable of doing, right? Mm-hmm. Yep, so can you think of
1: other mechanics we may have missed? So you're talking about the...
0: the t- uh, yeah, so um, speaking of hidden movement, um, this is actually the only hidden information that I can remember from uh, Warhammer 40,000 is hidden movement. Uh, There is a unit from third edition, Dark Eldar, called Mandrakes. And they placed three tokens on the board. And only one of those tokens was the real Mandrakes. And you basically, whenever you moved your Mandrakes, you moved all three tokens until you wanted to reveal them, right? And yep. then once you revealed them, that's where your dark, your Eldar are. Yeah, it's now fluffy. that I... I it's very yeah, fluffy. it's very fluffy. And it's it gives you some information and, and ability to trick them, right? Because you're like, oh, is it is it this token? Is it that token? Uh, and actually, now that I mention it, there is actually... A, now that I think about it, Warhammer Fantasy, uh, I think uh, our friend, although we never played it, uh, one of the... Um, the last time we talked with uh, w- with a couple of the guys, uh, they were talking about uh, hidden mechanic gameplay. Actually,
1: yeah.
0: Um, so, um, in Warhammer Fantasy, so not Age of Sigmar, maybe Age of Sigmar has this as well. Uh, you'd have a, a unit, and you could ha- you could secretly choose one unit or a unit to place an assassin in, or to place an insane goblin with a ball and chain in and basically um, you secretly choose it again hidden information before the game and then at some point in the game you can reveal it to activate that unit right mm-hmm. and they loved it like even though Warhammer Fantasy doesn't have a lot of hidden gameplay the fact that you could secretly like hide an assassin in a, a block of guys allows you to next level it and keeps your opponent guessing right they they don't know for sure whether uh like whether it's a good idea to, to attack this unit unless they can stare at you and kind of figure that out right because maybe if it's assassin like totally reverses whether they should they attack they should attack that unit or not
1: yeah so given how much people like these mechanics i'm surprised more games haven't taken up at least <coughs> small <coughs> excuse me elements of them like i think a billion suns recently came out from osprey <coughs> mm-hmm. The creator of Frostgrave and I'm not for, a, not for the Creator of Frostgrave. Oh, it's the Creator of, it's Gas the creator Lands. of Gaslands. Yes, yeah, <laughs> yeah, they're not all the same people at Osprey.
0: <laughs> it's but, not Mr. Osprey, yeah.
1: But in that game, my understanding is you purchase parts of your army as the game goes along and then deploy them, mm-hmm. which that's really hidden, and that's really a lot of choices being made of what your army is in the middle of the game. I think it might be too much, but I've never played it, so I can't necessarily say. It might be too much mm-hmm. I mean, to make decisions and calculate points on the fly.
0: But mm-hmm. but it's be. not exactly hidden information, because I think your opponent knows what you can buy. Right? So you know so, so even though like it's just the options, right? It's like the gameplay. It's just like in some ways, it's the same thing as moving your guy left or right. It's just that it's like, are you going to purchase this got unit or that unit? Right. Mm
1: -hmm. It's
0: not hidden information. Mm -hmm. I don't think, but in some ways it can, I guess it is a decision point that your opponent doesn't know. Right. It's more like just movement to me or or who are they going to attack that kind of thing? Mm
1: -hmm.
0: Or or are they going to be crazy and basically suicide these guys? You ever play a game where, where you do something uh, unexpected and they're like, and, and, and it works and they're like, no, you shouldn't, you shouldn't have done that. That doesn't make any sense. You played wrong. You ever, you ever hear someone say that before? No, they usually just get salty. They're like, oh, that thing shouldn't
1: be allowed. Shouldn't be that good. They just perform beyond
0: its station. <laughs> they're like, you didn't act the way that I expected you to act. That's not the ideal way to play. And I'm like, well, I was losing, you know, sometimes you got to take a risk.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. Um. Okay. Um, another thing um, is, in that vein though, um, of uh, a thousand Sons, is Malifaux. Apparently, the way that you're supposed to play that is, um, you find out the army or the faction that you're playing against. You know the you find the rules, not the rules, the the mission,
1: mm-hmm. and
0: then you. Secret. Well, then you you both go back and you choose. You build your army then, right? So, you, so the one piece of info you has have is yeah, two faction. pieces. So I you mean, know the mission and the opponent's a faction, yep. and then you can build whatever army you have. Yes, yeah, so I guess Mal You want
1: it's a fairly small skirmish game, so it's not like trying to put in like hundred and fifty models. You have to go back to your yeah. computer and type out a list. And, yeah, write craft.
0: down. Oh, should I should I give this guy like a mastercrafted bold pistol or not? I don't know. Maybe I should give this other guy a flamer or something. Maybe I should have one more grot. I don't know.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, so it works a little bit better in terms of that size, but also Malifaux has the cheating mechanic, right? Because instead of dice, it has again the card mechanic, right, where mm-hmm. you you can you basically resolve high card you flip cards and you add your stat and whoever has the higher total stat wins but you can cheat from your hands you have some secret information about you know what kind of so it's like you know kind of what the what dice rolls are possible got some pre-rolls stored up but they don't know them yeah exactly so it's 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 again that kind of hidden information that you can kind of next level Um, i do feel like in some ways it's because I feel like it doesn't necessarily... like For for me, unlike a lot of the other mechanics we mentioned, like not knowing what your opponent is bringing, um, not knowing what is there, right? Um, before it, it arises, uh, arises at the table, not knowing the full capabilities of each of your units, I feel like the cheating mechanic is a little bit gamey because it doesn't really model... I guess technically it models magic, right? As in like the Gandalf type of magic where by the fact that he's magical, he can just make things work. Or you could say, I guess now Wanda, uh, Scarlet Witch is, is all the rage with that that new TV show. So Scarlet Witch Powers, mm-hmm. where technically it's modeling, manipulating the skeins of fate, but it doesn't make as much sense to me. So I don't like it as much, right? Like you can always gamify things. Like we just we just mentioned card games you know, they're very, very gamey, but how much do they actually belong on the actual tabletop? Right.
1: Yeah. Like the song of ice and fire thing, like how, how tactical is it? And how just like interesting game element is it?
0: Yeah. And, and I think there's something to be said about, you know, making sure that the gameplay is fun, but if you can do both, mm-hmm. it's better, <laughs> right? Well, like nice. a lot of people play miniature games and, and a lot of these kind of games, not because not purely based on the tactics, but based on the full experience, which involves, um, you know, making sure that everything that happens is a somewhat of a simulation of the game. So even if you want these hidden mechanics, it's better if those model a simulation of what hidden information you have when you're actually playing, right? And in some ways, not knowing what the reinforcements are is actually more realistic, right? It actually makes the game more realistic as opposed to, uh, and less gamey than knowing exactly what your unit, your opponent has, down to the type of bolt pistol they're carrying, their leader is carrying. Yep. So, can you think of any other
1: games with interesting unknown mechanics before we name the big daddy of them all?
0: Okay. Well, we have our games, which obviously we've introduced these kind of things because I think, in general, I think we both agree hidden mechanics are excellent. Wait, excellent game uh, mechanics and also often underutilized and also The more essential often unutilized in a way that makes it less realistic.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. So all you three of that. those things, yeah. When
1: you're playing skirmish games and you have fewer and fewer troops, you wanna be modeling reality for those individual troops more and more. It needs to be once you have more guys, you need to abstract the whole game more. So even in reality is yeah, so, everything they have in their pockets.
0: Yep. Yeah, so I think it, it totally makes, you know, I think definitely we need more hidden mechanics, makes it more realistic. There's almost no reason why you shouldn't be putting more hidden mechanics into your game. Yeah, our game's not supposed to be the most complicated, but
1: just for mm-hmm. the fun
0: fun of it, and for like the fluffiness of it, yeah, that going on. You, you definitely want some of that that kind of thing in. So uh, that goes down to, um, I guess, the game that made us realize how important hidden game mechanics are and how awesome, how fun, how uh, more strategic uh, hidden mechanics make the game. What is this game that we've been hinting at all this time? It is Infinity Oh, really? I was going to say, no, I was going to say <laughs> <laughs> Yes, hard <laughs> well, Game. Anymore. Yes, definitely. Yes. Yeah, um, that that as well. But the game that is Infinity. So it if is- you have not played Infinity, uh, Brandon, tell us what why Infinity is so, why the hidden mechanics in Infinity are so great.
1: Because they've got almost everything you can think of. If you like a particular hidden mechanic, Infinity probably has that. So even starting from like the very top of like the beginning of the game, right from like your list building stage, Uh you don't know who your opponent is. So you've basically got to build for a variety of opponents. Infinity, like you've got usually 10 to 15 guys on the board. Yep. So and each guy has a lot of info on them. Uh Uh-huh. And you've got the mission as well, which often you'll know the mission beforehand. You'll talk to your opponent. If you're playing, oh, general. that's
0: another thing we forgot to mention: mission objectives, secondary secret, secondary objectives. Uh, you can have that as well. And, oh, and, and that, that makes missions it.
1: very, very cool. Yeah, objectives that may appear during the game rather than before deployment.
0: Yeah, or or just but, like literally, yeah. you have a certain set of missions that that you don't tell your opponent, like yeah. hidden hidden uh, objectives. So I kept trying to think of one
1: that Frostgrave has that uh-huh. is hidden. I'm like, oh, I don't even know if there is one, but there is that whole deck of cards they introduced. Yeah. Oh, it's puts- so
0: fun. Oh, it is that- so fun.
1: Yes. So that, like like we said, hidden mechanics are really fun. You're like, oh, Frostcraft doesn't have one. But what's the deck called again?
0: Shoot. I have it. I can go look, but uh, it, matter for it is called.
1: You, you keep on talking. I'm going to look it up. You mute yourself and start typing. So in that, you basically draw a card, and it'll tell you three different objects you place on the board, and you don't reveal what your card is to your opponents. And so throughout the game, either those will be a trap for your opponent, or you've possibly got to go over to them. And oh, then- it's
0: so good. Yeah, I forgot the, the traps as well. It adds all the hidden mechanics that we're talking about. Not all of them, but a lot Not of
1: them. It adds a nice variety
0: and it gives you a few extra
1: points at the end of the game. It doesn't it's not going to make or break the mission, but for Australia, it's more about the campaign, where you're trying to build up your warband. So just that little bit of extra loot you get from achieving your objective or just laughing as your opponent falls into one of your pits. It's just it makes the game better and it doesn't add that much extra time to the game as well.
0: Uh, you called yeah, ulterior motives. Yes so basically you basically have a secret card with ulterior motives a bunch of like you said hidden hidden objectives you place red herrings so your opponent doesn't even necessarily know which of those things that they're taking like you said one could just be a pit that you can kick your opponent down what <laughs> is like literally a zombie that will fight him and you just place it around them it's it's so good it's it it really adds a lot although it doesn't when we talk about complication, it does make the game more complicated. And so when we play, let's say we have a limited number of time or we have uh, too many players, we want to simplify it down, right? Because just by virtue of the fact that we have four players playing at the same time. I mean, you mean, know, will put three things on the floor. That's now 12 more things lying around you've got to worry about.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. And especially if you've been drinking, it makes it hard to play all at the same time. So, so yeah, so uh, it makes a lot of sense that... Uh, you know, we don't necessarily use it, but when you have the time and the, the, the mental space, it adds all these hidden mechanics that we're talking about.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. So back to
1: infinity then. Infinity has them as well. it does. So infinity on the, you basically, if you're playing sort of towards a tournament style game, you'll agree with your opponent on maybe a couple missions you might play. And then you build mm-hmm. two lists to achieve those. And then you can show your opponent. You should show your opponents those lists, but not including things that might not deploy immediately. So Infinity like has a whole list builder, and then it'll print another version of the list that you can hand your opponent that doesn't show the things that may not show on up on the board right away, which seems very complicated. So basically, all
0: of your reserves, Mm -hmm. your opponent doesn't know what they are. Yep, and you give exactly what we were saying. That should should be the same thing in 40k.
1: Yep. So like War Machine, you hand them your two lists. And then they decide which of their lists they'll take based on that. And then at the deployment stage, there's still yet more hidden stuff. You'll once you deploy, you draw your cards for your sort of secondary objectives. Mm-hmm. Not every mission will have them. Most of them like, do, though. Most of them do. You draw from a deck, and then those will give you some extra potential points for doing your classifieds, which are the cards you draw. Mm-hmm. And even then, in the deployment phase, the ba- even if you don't take any of these hidden things, the deployment in Infinity Works that you put down all but one of your miniatures, if you're, say, the first one deploying, you deploy all mm-hmm. but one of yours, your opponent puts down all but one of yours, and that still lets you, like, you could potentially put a giant robot on the table right afterwards. That's your last thing, yeah. changes how you deployed. And even if your opponent, mm-hmm. you're the one deploying first, you can make a pretty big change to your deployment based on if
0: you've got some heavy hitter piece that goes down last. And I think one of the keys though, like we said, that's that's basically the hidden stuff. But one of the keys is that the things in reserves that your opponent doesn't know is a huge list of critical units, right? And they're critical because they're hidden, right? So the the main one is something called um, uh, camo markers, so you place the unit down, but they're placed, instead of placed as a, a, the unit it is, so that your opponent knows what it is, it's placed as a generic camo marker. And the camo marker cannot be attacked unless it's discovered or, or it reveals itself. Which means, you like, if, if there's only one unit with camo, then you know exactly what that unit is, right? And then it's just an ability like any other ability, like a big gun or something like that. But The fact that there are so many different units a marker could be or, means that... Or it might not even be anything at all, or yeah, it might even be a mine. Yes, so. exactly. So all of these different things may, means that there's so much next level. And you're like, oh, what unit is that? And even if you know the unit, a unit, every unit has multiple loadouts. So you don't know the equipment, even if you know that the unit is, let's say... Um, uh let's say it is a uh Torek, right uh is it a hacker is it a doctor is it a what's the other one those are the two main good ones sniper, sniper. although it's never a sniper because it's but but it, is it a hacker or is it a
1: doctor you don't know right like did your opponent make it one of the more expensive variants that could accomplish things in the mission and do you need to get yeah. rid of it Or is it just a piece that's going to attack you and not do the
0: mission on its own? Yeah. Does it have a really heavy weapon? Does it have a specialized weapon to disable certain one of your units? You don't know, right. Until they reveal that and you, and because it's not just revealed after the start of the game, like you literally have to actively either they have to actively reveal it to activate whatever they're doing, or you have to discover it means that, you are still figuring out exactly what your opponent's bringing, uh, at the like the third turn, right?
1: or or you might not finish it till the end of the game if you're trying to control yeah. zones and points, and the points are only calculated at the very end. There may be something on the board that's in a camouflage state that doesn't do anything the entire game and just lets your opponent know, like
0: oh, is this thing fifty points or is it nineteen points? You might yeah, lose. But, yeah, the whole that's thing. a good point. Don't know what this thing's worth. That because even the worth of the units is different depending on the unit that you place there, uh, like, uh, infinity is a points game. So everyone has equal value units, but you don't know which token is worth how much even, because if they have two tokens right, two camo tokens, they could either. And, and let's say that, you know, that there's 50 points missing in their list. It could be two 25 point tokens. It could be one 50-point guy with a with a mine, or, or just like you said, nothing at all. Or it could be like a 15-point guy and a 35-point guy, right? There's so many different options that you can run. It really adds this kind of level where, where you have to evaluate the threat based on how they're playing, what you see, just like in, in Texas Hold'em, right? And you're saying, okay, I see their list. Oh, they don't have any objective takers, right? They don't have any guys who can do with the objective. Obviously, their camo markers must be the objective takers because this mission Maybe. needs to do the objectives. Maybe. but they're Maybe. just bad at playing. <laughs> Maybe. Maybe. We'll get into that. There's other hidden mechanics, which may mean ah, can do the mission. With yeah. Them. So, yeah. So, yeah. So, but that's the basic idea, right? Mm-hmm. And like you said, camo markers is literally just one of a whole bunch of different ways that you could hit and deploy. It is the most common, but yeah. It's the most common. It's the main one, but there are other ones. There are, you want to name the other ones? So the, these rules used to be built into
1: each other until N4, but some forms of the better camouflage would also give you hidden, like hidden deployment. So you would keep track of where that troop would be on the board. Now troops can, can be camo and hidden or not actually camo and hidden. So they often will appear further up the board, like in the yeah. Those
0: are all different skills. Those are not yeah, really it's a different the, the skill, but, but they'll often be things the hit it up the board. Yeah,
1: and yeah. you just write down where they are, take a picture with a camera where they are, and then as your opponent moves up the board, they might even react to shoot your opponent as they're walking by. So where they thought it was safe to just make a rush up the board, you now just take a missile and the guy appears out of one and blast them with a the missile as they're walking up. Or they think you're ignoring the objective, and then on your turn, you like show them what where you actually put the guy from the picture, and you just take the take the objective, and they're like, "Oh, I thought that was all mine because you just had something that was off the board entirely, yeah, It'll really be on the board somewhere."
0: So it's the same thing as like if you're playing forty k, having to drop troop like like we said, terminators, right? Oh. Except you have to decide where it's placed at the beginning of the game, right? Mm-hmm. And it could be like you said, anywhere on the table, right? Anyway. But the big thing is you don't even tell your opponent that you have this unit. Yeah. So if they calculate your points wrong or they, they look at, let's say you have two camo markers and a hidden guy or one camo marker and hidden guy, they might think all of the points are tied up in this camo marker. So they're like, oh, this camo marker must be like a super heavy infantry, super mm-hmm. tough. Actually, it's just a cheap skirmisher, but you also have a hidden guy, right? That is not even on the board that they don't even know about that they can reveal. So, so this kind of, the, the, this hidden layers kind of go on top of each other.
1: Yeah. The, an area you thought on, was safe on the board may not be safe at all. Cause they've, yeah, they've put cause something. You
0: secretly deployed a guy there. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
1: The other, like, as you're talking about with 40 K things can drop in. So you don't necessarily know what part of the board they're going to be on. Like, you know, their points and in infinity, the things that can drop from the sky or flank from the sides, you don't tell your opponent you have them. They they may just yep. kind of notice that there's not quite enough points on the board,
0: mm-hmm. but for
1: those mechanics, you either drop down from the sky or walk on from the side. Some units have both, mm-hmm. but it lets you. It just lets you be more creative
0: with how you react to how your opponents playing. Mm-hmm. And and again, it's hidden. They don't know where these guys are coming, right? Yes. Uh, and uh, even if you have them, <laughs> again, mm-hmm. because they they look. There, there seems to be, let's say, 50 points or 100 points missing in your army. Is it those camo markers they see? Is it a camo marker and a hidden guy? Or is it these drop troops that could be anywhere that you can decide when you're deploying them where they they, they can be? Yeah, and did it, you take the cheapest drop troops where you have to choose beforehand where they walk on? Or
1: did you take the drop troops who have like pinpoint accuracy where they drop from the sky because yeah. they've got really good values for their role to yeah. drop? Or, or maybe they have a heavily armored drop troop that can appear anywhere. You just, yeah, you only kind of know what they have available in their army
0: to base your reaction on. And so you can see, like, like we said, it so when I said 100 points, mm-hmm. an army is only 300 points. So literally, there are games where you don't only know let's say 30, it's, it's actually quite common to only know 60 or 65% or 70% of the person's army. In yeah, fact, cause... I'd say in general, you only know 70, maybe 75%. Almost always you have like 25% of your army is, is hidden in some sort of way.
1: Yeah, it depends on what army you play. But those drop troops and those camel guys, they'll commonly fall in the 20 to 30 point range. So that's now like almost 10% of your army that's not known when you just take one of them.
0: Yeah, and so you often take again because not knowing makes your opponent have to position and have to react to that with this hidden information. Mm-hmm. You generally want to take more than just one kind of camo guy to make things to things uh, make keep them guessing. Uh, the last uh, type of uh, next leveling uh, is um, you can also there are certain units where you deploy them, but you deploy them as another unit. Yes. This to me is my the favorite type even though it's technically not as powerful as the other types. If you have one is, army
1: that can take four of these. One of your armies can Yeah,
0: yeah but um, they're cheap, right? And what I like about them is it's purely like when you look at the camo marker and the hidden guys and the drop guys, a bunch of their power doesn't only come from the next leveling, the hidden nature of it. It comes from the actual mechanics. Like like we said, right? The the drop troops is the same thing as the 40 K um, uh, terminators. And there's like different things uh, with the other units, but when you are, when the only power you're getting is that your opponent thinks that unit is another unit, it's all next leveling. Right? It's all like
1: playing poker. You're just bluffing. Like
0: maybe exactly. you this
1: little guy up and you'd be like, I'm be-, your opponents. Like, well, you're being really aggressive with that guy. And you're like, yeah, well he's, Maybe he's not what you think.
0: I'm, I'm behind. Yeah, you'd be like, well, I'm behind. I got to take some risks. And then, they, they, then you reveal, actually, just kidding. This is not risk. This is a 50-point unit, right? Like 20% of my army. Mm-hmm. Or, uh, 20%, yeah. 18% of my army.
1: Uh, You're like, is this a robot that, armed with a machine gun? <laughs> or is it just a robot that has like a baggage pack on the back? It's like, oh. Exactly,
0: or is yep. it not even a robot? It's a heavily armored guy with a, a, a what is it? it had a spitfire. Well, that that unit changed, right? Yeah. And you, you just bluff. Holy sepulture! Yeah, unit has changed yeah, yeah. these days. Yeah, but, come yeah. and get it. Yeah, just totally, come, totally come eat a flamethrower. Yeah. Oh, on it's one of the greatest things, right? Because because there's so many different loadouts, the difference and and the game is a lot about uh, attacking people because every single time you attack someone, they can attack you back. Mm-hmm. Attacking people where they're disadvantaged. But you can see how if the game is about attack, attacking people where they're disadvantaged, if they incorrectly assess what your equipment is, they can make a serious mistake where they're attacking you where they thought they, you were disadvantaged, but it turns out, let's say in, up close when they're attacking a heavy missile launcher, and then mm-hmm. it turns out that guy uh, has a heavy flamer instead and they attacked up close, they're in deep crap, right? They just made a serious tactical error. And that feeling, that's literally the feeling of like, you've activated my trap card. That feels so good.
1: Yeah, because you can feign weakness through it. You can feign strength. Yeah. You're like, well, oh, actually, I have snipers supremacy over this board because look at all these snipers on the roofs. But are like, you don't even have the points for that. You're like, well, it has got to be some snipers there. You, you got to be <laughs> worried about these snipers. Yeah. The opponent doesn't want to stand up because...
0: Yeah, because they don't know which one, even, even if they suspect that they're not all snipers. Mm-hmm. Do they know which one is a sniper? Do they know maybe none of them are snipers? Maybe they're all snipers, and actually the hidden troops are those other units on the on the table. That's how come you're able to have so many snipers? They don't know.
1: Yep. Your your one giant robot thing's actually not really.
0: Yeah, so it is amazing gameplay, and I feel like like I have talked a lot about infinity where the the greatness of the um the ARO versus uh order order spending uh, activation is basically the core mechanic, right? Where everyone is able to defend a little bit, but you are also able to flank people because if one person gets in a good position, they can continue to attack. Uh that strength is definitely I'd say um, the main the, the, the feeling that makes infinity kind of infinity, but this hidden mechanic is the thing that makes me keep on coming back.
1: Yeah because it, it gives like, you so much room for creativity in terms of what you're doing in the game, what you're doing for your list building.
0: Yeah and and like we've mentioned, it's something that you just don't see in other games, even if it's a technically a side mechanics you don't see these things in other games, right? No, you see- You mm-hmm. could put these camera markers and we've said like Dark Eldar, the Mandrakes has a kind of thing. And, we, and we've, we've said you have the assassins and stuff like that in Warhammer Fantasy. Mm-hmm. Uh, you could have these mechanics, but they're just not that common. Whereas, like we said, like 20% of your army or 25% of your army in general is these hidden guys, right? Yeah, and some people,
1: un- some people just like want to just play right into it. And they're like- you can only see two troops of mine, everything else you don't know. Yeah,
0: so it's the opposite. 75% of my units are, you don't know what they are, right? Usually you know some information because they're camo markers. To be to be able to do 75%, it's usually camo markers. So you at least know the positioning. But oftentimes you don't know which ones are real. And again, you don't know what they actually are.
1: Yep. Yeah. So if you really want to play into it, you can really play into it.
0: And it's Yeah, and very strong, actually. It's one of the strongest lists that you can bring, the, the camo spam. Yeah, so I find it like this is one of the reasons why I think Infinity is so good. And this is one of those things. They made a a simple version of, uh, well, a a pared-down rule set because the biggest issue with Infinity is it's too complicated. They have too many things going on. Um, They created a simpler rule set, which is still actually as complicated or more complicated than most other games' rule sets. Yep. (laughs) But they kept in the camera markers. Yeah, they, got, ridden, and they it, got rid of the hidden.
1: You don't hide things on the board in this. Do you not?
0: Oh, yeah. Do you not? I can't remember. We haven't played in a while. Anyhow. <laughs> you definitely have camel markers. Oh, yeah. As hidden information. And you definitely have drop troops. Yeah. But I think they took out hollow field. And they took out... Just just to make it simpler, right? Yeah. And they, then they to took out hidden. Don't fake yourself with something else, which is the hollow. hmm yeah, so you have camel markers though, and mines, which are camel markers. So you still don't know what those are, and then you still have the things. So you still have a lot of, like, because they understood that this is a core part of the game of Infinity. Like, literally, they just needed suppressive fire, and it would be almost perfect. Oh, suppressive fire and two more, two, two more factions, and it would be like, to me, almost a perfect, perfect game. Yeah, the
1: the reaction is a little. The ability to react with your troops is a bit weaker than the full game, so.
0: Yeah, so they it could definitely have done that. But yeah, mm-hmm. so that's the thing. Like if you want to see how much hidden mechanics can go into a game and how fluffy, like how how much more realistic it feels and how much more strategic it feels. And how and, and you start questioning why is this not in more more of these games, right?
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, because unless it's too complicated. Like literally the only reason you, you wouldn't want to do it, I think, is it's too complicated.
1: Yeah, once you have too many troops on the board, it becomes a problem. Yeah, but
0: like 40k in Age of Sigmar, like just by the virtue of all the rules and everything that they put into that game, it becomes super complicated. You might as well put in hidden stuff.
1: Yeah, that's what we talked about at the very beginning. It'd be good if they just let you hide some stuff on deployment, not not have to swap around stuff in the game, but just bring on stuff later that's not yeah. that your opponent doesn't see the list beforehand.
0: Okay, so along so I think we've we've talked a lot about the good things and we've we've just mentioned. One of the bad things about hidden mechanics Mm -hmm. is uh, it's complicated, right? And the second thing, which almost goes into the like, which almost feeds directly off of the fact that you have hidden information that you're trying to surprise your opponent, um, hidden information can feel uh, gotcha like. Mm -hmm. So,
1: um, all of the drop troops definitely feel. In Infinity, you can feel that way, because yeah. your opponent has no good way, because Infinity involves firing arcs, and you can kind of break some of the mechanics, where normally you would set up your army to react to where your opponent's troops are, and you try and build up a good defensive positions against it, the ability to just drop behind all this wall of firepower your opponent's built sort of breaks that that good tactical yeah. play that inside you.
0: But in some ways you could say, you know, it wasn't, if it was it really good tactical play, if you did not account for the fact they could have a drop troop that could drop behind you. Yeah. Well, right? if the
1: drop troops are too cheap, then that sort of skews the game towards that being. The, mean,
0: again, that's like balance thing. Mm-hmm. And, and I feel like it's the same, but it does have a next level kind of thing. Like you, if you cannot play, the, the, the thing with that, that you mentioned is that you can play in a way that you can handle that right and i think once you understand how to play the game and what and what to expect uh everyone does and this is why we we, we don't think that drop troops are super broken or whatever right um because because for the points they are not at least they weren't when we were still playing there's a new addition so maybe they're broken now um but well, i
1: don't know i thought i thought they might have been a bit too cheap because i found that some drop troops oh yes yeah, cer- certain just, drop troops certain drop troops could just break your opponent's army like it would try and try to stop it, but it would just, like, crush them.
0: Yeah, it's because they started making two wound drop troops
1: too cheap. <laughs> Those are exactly the ones I'm thinking of.
0: Like, even the Tiger Soldiers, which were very strong, they were only one wound, right? <laughs> and if you took advantage of them, like, you could you – know, they were strong, but they were also expensive. Then they started releasing guys that were, like, the same price as Tiger Soldiers and had two wounds, which allows you to, like, really – bum rush your opponent basically and it becomes very very hard to deal with all those things
1: yeah and they were a little but again
0: that's a that's a lot of ways that's just balancing in terms of points right
1: yes absolutely because
0: there were units that were hidden that could be balanced right Mm -hmm. so it's not just that it's not that they couldn't they don't have unit it's not like it's an unbalanceable mechanic it's just that there are certain units that were not balanced yep fully well um but The thing that makes it feel like you can, you know, attack them from behind, like you can manage when they attack you from behind, is that you expect it, right? If you don't expect their hidden information, um, you cannot deal with it, right? And then that's the way when you start feeling uh, you got gotcha. So I think Infinity deals with this by basically, like we said, there's four – there's only four – different things, right? You have a guy that looks like a different guy. You have a camera marker. You have a guy that's hidden, right? Deployed and, but you don't know the opponent is there. And then you have guys that can drop later in the game anywhere on the mm-hmm. table, right? So when you're like, if you're you new to the game and you don't know those four things, you will get surprised and you're like, oh, that's that's total bullshit, right? I I didn't even know that you could, that there was a guy that could drop anywhere, right? For example, Van said, if you don't know that area not one of the units has has guys that can walk on which means that they have a hundred percent chance of just walking on on your deployment edge the first time you get caught with that it is bullshit.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: <laughs> because if you don't expect it he will just destroy your entire unit because you're saying right your significantly alters,
1: alters how you have to deploy your troops to watch your own yeah. guys backs when you're only worried about like watching up the board mm-hmm the game's very interesting that you're trying to like move up and control territory by the fire lanes you cover. But the mm-hmm. fact that guys can appear behind you now sort of changes that entire system for how you're worried about taking territory, which might not be mm-hmm. the greatest thing for infinity that you have to severely change how you move up and take control of territory. I, I,
0: I think it's, it depends on what you can, how you consider the mechanic, right? It is, in my opinion, a quintessential mechanics to make the game what it is, right? It's not the two core mechanics, which are ARO and orders, but it is core to the gameplay. That's why you have these mechanics inside of code one, right? Mm -hmm. They didn't feel like they could remove it. I think hacking is much less important than camo markers and drop troops, Mm
1: -hmm.
0: uh, right? So it is, it's too important for the game to not have. And so so therefore, when you play, you're supposed to expect your opponent to have some of these units right
1: yeah especially when you know the faction they're taking has yeah.
0: some so i think it and it really it's important because also because units can can do multiple things right like they can they can spend their orders the guy that drops can spend all his orders and kill everyone it's very very important and very important to the gameplay that that your opponent has the ability to do that um i i don't think the game is even the same game without that, those abilities Mm-hmm. And I think it's a not as fun of a game. Yeah,
1: it's just the points on some of those troops might be too low, and the reliability of being able to drop from the sky to the point exact point you want mm-hmm. might be a little too.
0: I actually, I'm not sure. But I don't think so.
1: Actually, that's true. In the new in the new version of the game, it's harder to because hacking on the regular hacking abilities used to let you boost the likelihood of getting your drop off in the right location. Mm-hmm. But now you have to take a very particular type of hacking device in the fourth edition. And
0: yep, and that old hacking device used to automatically give you the bonus mm-hmm. just by existing. And now you have to spend an order to be able to get that plus three to drop, which means the cost of that ability is huge. Like not to get the plus three, which is uh, 15%. To increase your taxes to drop by 15%, uh, you have to spend an order. And every turn you have like maximum... I don't know, around fifteen orders, usually around ten or so, right? Oh, so amazing. spending ten percent of a units of a, of a rounds activations Did just to, to increase, yeah, it can be worth it, but that drop better be super important, right? Mm-hmm. Which makes it, uh, I think, I think overall, I think it's, I think it's fine well, it's, right
1: now. So it's probably delivered more balance towards those things by pulling that ability back.
0: I don't think they were too powerful before, honestly. For for the fifty percent, maybe maybe you you felt that I felt like hidden deployment guys were more, were were more too good. You didn't pay the correct price
1: for was, hidden guys. It probably depends on the armies that certain armies have really effective and well costed hidden guys. And I wasn't playing. I don't those. think
0: there were any hidden units that were bad.
1: No, they weren't bad. Makes... There were certain things that were obviously like really good for the points. And then there were some things that were more just average for their points. And if you have the if you there have was
0: no, I don't think there was anyone that was average that had hidden. Because in the old one, hidden get, went with TO. Yeah. And I don't know if it was TO that was too cheap or infiltrating that was too cheap or hidden, because they were all always on the same unit. Well, I'm but talking about the no, there was literally no hidden deployment guy that was not good. No, there was nothing that you would never take. Like
1: everyone would take theirs. The question was, were they really good were they good for the points or really good for the points?
0: Yeah, that's yeah, exactly. So to me, I think the hidden was was probably to me more, yeah, more, more the armies, over, over, under-costed.
1: yeah the armies that i played have the had the drop troops that were really good for their points and the armies i other armies i had which had hidden were only just good for the points so that that's why probably my perspective works that way
0: uh, except that fun, you had the Ch- Chesvasty missile launcher guy but you just never brought him right because his luck was shit <laughs> so i cut him <laughs> But he I is played, very good.
1: Well, I played against opponents where he just shut me down repeatedly. Like I played many yeah. games, he shut me down. But when he come,
0: when he appears on my side, he's just a slouch. For some reason, he just too <laughs> too many times he's failed you for the last time, and so got kicked out of your army. Yeah. So uh, that's basically it. So to the balancing factor, I guess, just to su- summarize the negative is you have to make sure that your opponent or the players know what the hidden possibilities are, right? They have to have that in mind when they play. Otherwise they're going to feel gotcha, right? In some ways it's the same thing as like in War Machine, it feels even worse though, right? Because in some ways, if your opponent didn't read your card, it is a hidden ability. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And sometimes it feels terrible if you win on that. That's why I like the hidden thing. The, the core of the hidden information is, like like we said, the poker thing, right? It's no fun if your your opponent doesn't even know what it, what what whether a two-pair or a, a triplet is better, right? Then you're just playing randomly. There's no next leveling. There's no hidden. There's no reading your opponent, right? It's all just random. But if they know, if both of you know, and you're trying to read what your opponent has by looking at their face, seeing how they're activating, see if they're sweating when they move that guy, mm-hmm. Uh, or when you move your guy and you see it, they start sweating. uh, That is the, the, the kind of mechanics that you want, where you're directly playing the person where understanding their body language will make you a better player. Like this, playing the, the player is infinitely, uh, infinitely strategic, right? Because you can always learn how to read people better. Right. And every new person has a slightly different read. Right like yet you read them slightly differently, which means that in terms of learning and strategy, it's limitless. Whereas a game, even though chess like technically it goes around that, that problem by basically being impossible for humans to figure out, um, there is depending on your game, a limit to the strategy or at least the strategy that you uh, can conceivably achieve. In which case you start just playing, you start um uh, stop learning basically right you stop feeling that that idea strategy because you know your strategy and you know you're not going to get any deeper on that strategy there's nothing else to learn whereas when you're playing your opponent when you have that information when you're trying to read them there's always something to to figure out
1: like oh playing against the why are they
0: licking that oreo now Mm -hmm. it's a reference to a movie that i don't think anyone knows (laughs) no okay Whatever. References are cheap jokes, so I'm not even going to follow up. Good. I'm glad you feel that way, too. <laughs> Same thing with memes. Anyway. I think memes are, as long as they're shorthand for the joke, I think they're fine.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Right? Uh, memes as the joke are terrible. Like, it's just reference, right? If the meme is just a reference, a reference is not a joke. Mm-hmm. A reference is referencing a joke and trying to get some of that sunlight off of the thing that you're referencing. It's like Ah, hey, Dave Chappelle, he's funny, right? And then everyone laughs and smiles. Like, you didn't tell a joke. You just made people re- rem- remember that Dave Chappelle is funny.
1: Yeah, or that some epic movie scene of something exploding is epic.
0: Yeah, but you're which is fine if you're friends. But I'm just saying, you're not making the joke. That's all.
1: All right. On that <laughs> note, of what we're doing and not doing, we'll probably talk about the hidden mechanics we're including in our game in the future. All
0: right and then that'll be the last last thing. Uh, oh, all right, oh, yeah, so... Going
1: to, we're going to talk I'll about... Go, go,
0: oh, yeah, I'm let's, let's go high level.
1: High level, good. All right, so in our game, you do typically deploy all the guys on the board, but mm-hmm. I think we want to include... Because we don't want the list building to be super complicated and have tons of points attached to it, that we want to base a lot of the abilities more just on, I'm trying to think how to present this. the type of abilities we want to have, we don't want the deployment to be totally known, but the question is, should that be built into the guys? And the answer is probably not. So we're thinking more including at the army level,
0: right? Yeah, so you can hide a certain number of guys um, depending. So we have, uh, for, for the way that we're doing it right now, uh, for uh, the our, our current game, our scrimmage level game is, um, we have basically done the the hidden mechanic cards, right? So you have which are like kind of like battle plans and, and command strategies, right? Mm-hmm. Which you have a hand of that, a small hand, basically uh, uh, in in the game, and a couple of them. And you get to build your initial hand, and then you have a deck of the remaining cards. And some of the cards, if they're in your initial hand, they give you hidden guys, basically. Yeah, and the cards you have
1: available to select to build your deck. Some of them are standard, and some would depend on
0: the army you're playing. Yeah. And you yeah, exactly. The, the, the opponent doesn't know the full deck, right? They don't know what you're you have in your deck when you're setting mm-hmm. up, right? Um, and so using that's again the the idea of I, I don't think there's anything necessarily wrong with making the the certain units uh have the abilities themselves there are mm-hmm. some limitations in the way that we're setting up the game because in infinity one thing is that you build a new list every single game you play right but uh if you're playing in our game the idea is to have a, a campaign more like an RPG thing where you're bring the units and they get upgraded right mm-hmm. and 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 experience points in which case if you're if you're playing in a group and your friend knows that one of your units is like hidden it's no longer secret right mm-hmm. so if however they don't know which units are 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 deploying, right? And which units are hidden, then that that ends up having like which units are 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 secretly ambushing or doing these kind of things, then that even if they know that you're you're holding some guys back, they don't know which ones. And they don't know
1: where they're gonna come on now that when yeah. you deploy your guys, counter deploying becomes more difficult and your counter movement becomes yeah. more difficult.
0: Yeah, so I think. Um, we're not doing the uh, amount at, of infinity, but we definitely want to put in a, a, a certain chunk, right? Mm-hmm. Where again, your opponent doesn't know know all of the units that you have there, right? And so the way that, you know we're testing these things out, right? And but the way that we have it is when you deploy a guy that's hidden, you will also you you deploy a grunt, like a low level guy. So they don't know necessarily which one is, which guys are, they don't necessarily know what your list is, basically.
1: Yeah, that's one of the mechanics. And the other is they appear on the board later or from this side, But not just one, several. Yeah,
0: you can have several guys. So that's basically what we're testing out right now. Again, these things are huge, right? Like we just said in Infinity, it can sway the entire game. So you have to be important about, you have to be test it, to make sure that it, it, it's balanced right because you can very easily like you were saying make a guy if they can drop uh way too strong now we don't have the constantly order use mechanic that you have in infinity but still we are units we have a lot less units in our game right like 10 is the maximum as opposed to well technically 12 is the maximum but generally your army is going to be around you know 6 to 12 guys right yep. so uh the ability for one guy even if he can't activate many times to swing the game is still there so we have to make sure that that is uh, balanced correctly Mm -hmm. and then on top of that like we said it comes with a deck right a hidden card deck which means that even the guys that are there you don't necessarily know their full capabilities right because you have a secret hand you Mm -hmm. don't know if this guy let's say he's he's actually uh, your 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 forces have trained in like the way we're setting it up is like commands like training uh, like extra training that uh, or tactics that your your army has right that has been training. Let's say you, you one of the cards would might be a like a, a charge mechanic where your your army has secretly trained on how to charge your opponent en masse right and those kind of abilities or or are basically what we're trying to make those cards represent.
1: Yeah. You've come up with some sort of tactical plan beforehand. Now you're Tactics. About... Yes. Considering we're playing
0: uh miniature games, I should know that word, but yeah.
1: Yep. But then the balance of using those things is the, the cards can also be used sometimes for re-rolling. So maybe you're mm-hmm. just, that
0: guy's better at fighting.
1: Mm-hmm. And they didn't realize. Re-rolling
0: it. in some ways is a little bit gamey, yeah. but it does make, mm-hmm. <laughs> it does make the game, uh, uh, I think more, it, it evens out some of the swings in the game and adds that the strategic layer that I'm, I'm okay with the, the re-rolls. So you have to choose correctly, yeah.
1: Yeah, if you if there's some sort of plan you want to be more likely to succeed, like you want to come up with a plan, you're like, okay, this is contingent on that, which is contingent on that. If things mm-hmm. are like super random, you don't want to construct yeah. like elaborate plans. Yeah. You can't rely on them. But if at least there's a, a single re-roll or maybe two re-rolls per turn, mm-hmm. Then you can be yeah. like, okay, I can build this battle plan up and then try and pull it off. Yeah, on my
0: yeah the, the kind of idea that we modeled it actually was they were just called command tokens before, before we turned them into cards, right? Mm-hmm. And then the command tokens is basically the idea is that your commander or your strategy is is used to do these specific things, which is why you have a higher chance of succeeding, right? But again, any kind of any turn you only can concentrate on a certain number of things, which is why you only have a certain number of roles. So that's that's the yeah. The fluff reason why rerolls make sense, sense that you can spend right every turn.
1: Yeah.
0: Mm-hmm. All right, so that's basically uh, the thing. So, so because they're so, in, we've been we talking, we find it so important. We're kind of in putting into the game. We're testing these things right out right now. Our previous uh, game that we've kind of put on pause, uh, Star Piercer, had similar uh, ideas. Uh, it had a bunch of cards, basically upgrades that you added secretly to your 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 units yes like you revealed.
1: War. Yeah, yes, it's like secret war, war
0: gear. Is what? that why why you're mentioning it that there's almost never any things? Um
1: yeah, sort of. It was also that idea I think was partly inspired by some books as well where the the most mm. you know, the culture series of books where the most elite tech technological species, which were was, was the main main characters race. Uh-huh just nobody knew what was inside their ships. They didn't know what was inside the other people's ships until they like
0: fly flybys and scan them and stuff. So, yeah. So they like literally the idea is they open up, you know, a secret weapon, right? You think about it, that's so common in, in media, right? The secret weapon where this guy, you don't know, do they have just a, like a, is, is, is it just a cargo hull or does the cargo hull fold away? And it turns out it's a giant, stupid, giant space laser, right? Mm-hmm. That's the kind of, uh, idea. So, uh, yeah, so that's a thing that we should we should we we also kind of think about. We're kind of having it similar, but not exactly with the cards in, in the current one.
1: Yeah. It's, yeah, it's just a matter of balance between the time it takes to build your list and, yeah. and being able to just do something spontaneous and interesting quickly.
0: All right. So yeah, so that's uh, what we're doing. And I think uh, if you're working on games right now or you're uh, putting more hidden information in your games, it's so good. And if you just like playing them, uh, playing games, definitely look into games that have more hidden information. And that's such a great strategic layer. Like we said, it's totally fluffy and in many ways, more fluffy. So, uh, you know, look for those games, enjoy it. That's basically it. That's all I got. Any other thoughts? Yeah, I think we had a lot there. All right. Uh, if you have any thoughts on hidden information, maybe you have a favorite game that really does, uh, uh, uses hidden information to enhance the gameplay that we haven't mentioned or if you want to just gush about the games that we've talked about as well or bash the ones that we have as well as, uh come and uh uh give us a shout uh you can contact us at uh dice Over everything sorry contact at dice that's our email or you can find us on facebook at dice Over everything group
1: yep good to hear from you this has been alan yes been brandon Bye.